Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I think he's so well prepared. I mean, he's, you know, we've, he's been studying for weeks, you know, working up to today. I'm heading to the G7 and then to meet with Mr. Putin to let him know what I want him to know. This is not a joke. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Right. Welcome in. It is News and Views for a uh, rainy, rainy, rainy Thursday. Uh, the farmers of eastern North Carolina and the greenskeepers at golf courses all over eastern North Carolina owe Henry Hinton big time. I'm going to start charging you. You and you alone have have cured the grout, oh, uh, the drought, man. the grout drought. Um, I'm laughing so I don't have to cry. So this, you're zero for two. Yeah, we we have uh, un- unfortunately, if people look out their window, we've had to cancel the concert on the common, and now uh, I, I I feel like we owe an explanation because last week we canceled the day before. Uh, I do want to say that we were we've been in contact with the National Weather Service throughout. And yesterday they were telling us, well, you know, this forecast Maybe. doesn't look too bad. <laughs> it's going to be about 50-50, but we think it could change and it could improve. And it did improve overnight. And then He said as the thunder clapped in and the background. Then, so we kept telling our uh, food truck vendors and the band and everyone, the band was coming from Raleigh, great band, Night Moves. So just when the band arrived at about 2 o'clock, the rain started, started to sprinkle. And I thought, well... There's a, we, we were looking at the radar, and there was a line of thunderstorms coming. So I called the uh, – and I, we just heard a clap of thunder over our head right then. I called the National Weather Service again, and he said, uh, we now believe that this is going to have a, um, uh, a lot of thunder and lightning in it, hmm. and it could be a little worse than we thought. You better cancel. So the National Weather Service advised us somewhere probably around – three o'clock to cancel and and i want to apologize to our food vendors i know a lot of the food vendors our food truck people were going to be out there this afternoon with uh, with food and they've been preparing the food and uh, a word of apology to our friend russ saputo at carolina eagle distributing because they had been icing the beer down since last night trying to get it ready but it was just you know what about 130 the sun was shining we took a chance and we uh and and again uh uh, somebody doesn't want us to have these concerts. <laughs> it's a God thing. I'm going to I'm gonna just leave it to God and let God make these decisions. But here's the good news. We have another one next week, and the extended forecast is for sunshine next Thursday okay. and 80 degrees at 6 o'clock, and we've got liquid pleasure coming. All right. All right. And the guys, I've been, the guys from – Now, liquid uh, pleasure is like Motown? Yeah, they're big okay. time Motown. Okay. They're, they're, okay. That's R&B band. They're no. big, big – Big show out front with all the dancing and all that. Really good if pe- people around know uh, Liquid Pleasure. But I will say this. The guys from Night Years were fantastic. Um, they were p- particularly fantastic when we paid them not to play. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they were great, and they told us we'd love to come back. So we're going to try to schedule them two weeks from tonight. Okay. We're going to try to do that. they got to check their schedule. I can't confirm that right now, but thanks for giving me a minute to kind of yeah, ex- yeah, explain yeah, what well, happened. Sorry for uh, music I know lovers. I'm, I know and- I'm no Benny Hardy, but... Well, anyway. I mean, hey, you, you do have hair, though. We <laughs> we try to do something not, you know, these are these concerts are so nice for the community, and everybody's been cooped up for all these months, and 
you know, now two weeks in a row we've had to cancel. But we thought we were going to finally be able to get everybody together. But it'll just make it that much sweeter there you next go. Thursday night. There you go. And hey. perhaps in two weeks. Thank you, Tom. You bet. You bet. Henry Hinton with the unfortunate announcement that, uh, well, the drought's over. That's good. The rain is here. The band is gone. Uh, Governor Roy Cooper, come on in, uh, Benny. Uh, yes, you got preempted by uh, Henry Hinton. But, uh, uh, thanks, Henry. Roy Cooper announced a uh, new aspect to the uh, vaccines in North Carolina. You could win a million dollars if you get vaccinated. If you've gotten vaccinated, you're in the drawing, apparently. North Carolinians 18 and older who uh, get vaccinated or already have been vaccinated automatically will be entered into a drawing to win a million smackers. Uh, this will be given to four people drawn every two weeks over eight weeks. So if you've gotten vaccinated, um, you're, apparently your name will be in the drawing. Oh, I think Henry was a little upset as he slammed the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Cooper is going to use the federal relief money to fund the awards. Also, uh, other goodies that will be given away if you get vaccinated. There will be uh, four randomized drawings, which will award teenagers college scholarships worth $125,000 to the school of their choice. Well, what if you can't get in? <laughs> where's, the, where's the funding coming for this? It's the federal funds. That uh, Biden has been giving away hand over fist. So um, we will use those to uh, bribe people to go get a vaccine. The executive order that um, came out, the statement said that Ohio's Vax a Million incentive program led to a 28% increase in vaccinations uh, up in Ohio. So we'll uh, see where this goes. But uh, yeah, chances of you winning a million are probably about one in a million. So it came from those same federal funds um, that's been printed the last year. Yeah, did it's you cause inflation to go up five yeah. percent this month? Yeah. Do you realize that? Now that's an annualized basis. I yeah. saw the headline. Yeah, but still, that's the highest it's been for twenty years. You realize the over a third of the world's money supply has been printed in the last year. Fact. Probably 10% in the last two weeks. Yeah. And most of that was, uh, United States was more than that. The um, inflation's going to happen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, they want to get, they want to give more away. Trying to find that uh, one article I've got. Um, Ilhan, is it Ilhan Omar or is it, um, hold on just one second. Uh, Yeah, Ilhan Omar said uh, she will be introducing a universal basic income program this Congress. She said the plan will get money in people's pockets. In a Wednesday tweet, reflective of comments President Biden made when he proposed an increase in weekly unemployment benefits for out-of-work Americans in January during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is long overdue, the Minnesota Congresswoman and squad member said on a Wednesday tweet, responding to an article in the Star Tribune, about Minnesota Mayor's Jacob Fry's plan to give about 200 low-income families $500 a month over two years using excess American Rescue Plan funds. How are you going to pick which 200 families? I mean, there's plenty of poor families. How are you going to pick 200 families to give away $500 a month over the next you know, two I, years? I said last year when the first stimulus came out 
that this was the start of universe, universal basic yeah, income. you did. It will not go away. It's it's It will keep happening. It will keep increasing. I believe it's here to stay and will not go away. Well, you're an accountant. Where do I find one of these money trees? I'd like to get one from my backyard. Hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know, but uh, I don't have any long-lost uncles that I'm waiting for. I mean, it's more. it's uh, and um, Talib came out and uh, she's she's all about this. Um, she wants to see that uh, low families uh, get as much as uh, three thousand dollars a year uh, on a and and again, what is th- I mean, of course don't 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 they, don't they get that now in welfare and in uh, tax credits and those kind of things. Um, well, you can get an advanced credit now on child credit. Um, the IRS are sending letters out now if you would rather get it now instead of uh, on your tax return. And yet business owners are begging, are begging the mm-hmm. government, please quit giving away this money. People are, yeah, and here's the thing. Oh, it, it would just help them get a step up. We just want them to get a little bit better so they got a little bit better. No, they're staying home. I they're, saw, they're getting yeah. the minimum, and they're staying home, sitting on their butts, doing nothing because they're not motivated to do anything. They're not getting a hand up. They're not getting a help up. They're not, you know, it's not like okay, well, you know, I'm working hard, and this is going to help me just get a little bit further ahead, so I can ma- maybe get a nicer apartment. Or no, here, here, here's an idea. How about instead of giving incentives for people to go back to work? You say, okay, we will reward the people that's been at work for the last year, yeah, there you starting go. with you know first responders, healthcare professional, uh, professionals, and people. Have the employer you know uh, fill out a um, simple form based on you know who who was there, who was at work, and not, and uh, send them bonuses. Well, send them bonuses. Well, I got news for you. The good. Uh, if you're the gonna good, send bonuses, the, well, in a sense, the good guys, the Republicans up in the North Carolina. House and Senate have done just that. The North Carolina Senate passed a Republican-led tax reform package last night after we got off the air in a quick 36 to 14 vote that drew eight Democrats across the, uh, the aisle in favor of the bill. House Bill 334 would raise the standard deduction from 21500 to 25500 for joint filers which would take about a quarter of a million of the lowest-income North Carolinians off the tax rolls. It also reduces North Carolina's flat tax rate for the remaining taxpayers from 5.25% to 4.99%. So in essence, we'll have a flat tax of 5%. Additionally, the tax package raises the per-child per, per tax deduction by 500 bucks. Bill sponsors said that a family with two children earning 38000 annually will get a 50% tax cut, while the family earning $200,000 gets a 7.1% tax cut. For North Carolina households earning the minimum income of 54000 they will see a 21% decrease in their state taxes. By raising the minimum deduction, the poorest taxpayers move to a zero tax bracket. Uh, your buddy Paul Newton is uh, the lead sponsor on this. And, uh, you know, I, I, okay, this isn't... Uh, by the way... <laughs> Don Davis must be feeling the heat. He mm. actually came over and voted for this. Thing. Oh, he did. He did. I can predict though how this will this now. Th- they'll vote on it again. By yeah, the way, he, yeah, he'll probably uh, vote against it that time. Cooper, next call time. him in his office and spank him. Put him on the table and spank him. Oh my! 
<laughs> but let me tell you how this will be spun by. Is it is it North Carolina Policy Watch that uh, what's the liberal guy that used to be on um, NC Spin uh, works. For, um, it might I, be Policy Watch. I can't remember his name, but anyway, that li- that liberal uh, policy organization in North Carolina. This is this is the way that will be spun. They, they'll score it, but because obviously the, the tax breaks are going to go to people that are actually paying the taxes, the most dollar amounts. But by large, the percentages, the lower income people are getting a lot more percentage right, breaks right, in right. this. But they won't spend it that it way. It will not spend that way. Yeah. They'll say, you know, X number of hundreds of millions was spent on the wealthy and X right. hundred. Yeah. Well, guess but, what? They're the ones paying the freaking tax. Thank you. But yep. that, that's the way Chris Fitzsimon, that's the way Chris Fitzsimon will, oh, yeah. will spin it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he's still in that spinning business, I don't know what he's doing now. So, uh, We'll see where that goes. I just called somebody out, and I don't even know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> the The article goes on to say, this is out of Carolina Journal, that the um, PPP, you know, the House version of the, the tax bill, allow businesses to deduct from their state taxes any expenses that they use for the Paycheck Protection Plan loan. Um, the Senate has not addressed that yet. So right now, it doesn't include that provision. I don't know that it's done yet, but we'll see. Now, was the House supposed to vote on that today, I thought? Well, it will go back to the House, and they'll tweak it so the two bills line up. Yeah, I was thinking this afternoon it was Is supposed right? to go back to the House. Um, see if I can text a House member that will answer. All right. <laughs> Keith Kidwell will probably answer to you. Uh, also, Carolina Journal is reporting that a fast-track measure through the North Carolina House yesterday, again, this was last night, would delay implementation of a new social studies standards that focus on racism, identity, and discrimination. If you remember back in February, we had uh, the lieutenant governor on with us to talk about this. The Democrat controlled, uh, again, the Democrat controlled North Carolina State Board of Education approved a sweeping rewrite of the state's social studies standards that would now have taught nearly every aspect of American history through the lens of racism and discrimination. Can you say critical race theory? The changes were approved over the strong objections of several Republican board members who decried the new standards as overtly negative and divisive. They said they don't wish to whitewash history, but they believe it's important to teach children to have pride in their country for its achievements and advancements. The vote came a day after a long, heated debate. These standards are divisive. There are serious questions about them, Lieutenant Governor Governor uh, Mark Robinson said. Board members on the left pushed for the standards to go further in moving away from traditional American history. Um, this gentleman from uh, uh, James Ford, uh, who is a uh, teacher down in Charlotte, said, there's a new American America emerging that is browner, that is many ways younger, and many ways more diverse. And again, folks, that is code speak for critical race theory. Well, anyway, under Senate Bill 654, uh, the revised social study standards would not go into effect till 2022-2023. The House went ahead and passed that yesterday, 74-34 uh, to 34 vote. So, uh, and Terry uh, Stoops up at the um, John Locke Foundation says this is good. My, my hunch is that in the meantime, if it's delayed by two years, in the meantime, they're going to do all they can to uh, take the teeth out of this. And, of course, uh, again, we've talked to... Um, we talked to uh, Tim Moore on Friday about the fact mm-hmm. that they are or they have passed uh, legislation which would uh, prevent critical race theory from being taught. And again, in, in our public schools, 
this is probably a measure that uh, the governor will will veto, but uh, it has passed the House. I'm not sure. Did it pass the Senate, did he say? I can't remember. I was thinking he said— um, Or it was before the Senate? I was thinking he— they, they had enough votes for it to be veto proof if if oh, it was so. oh, okay. if it was vetoed and we then talked held about up. so many bills on Friday. But, I don't remember. Yeah, you know, I, I I believe I will believe it when I see it. When people like Don Davis and some of these Democrats that do cross over, I'll believe it when I see it when they override his veto. Uh, again, I think on the um, on the tax bill though, I think there's a third vote coming up. So you know, it's one of those bills that Don Davis can say, "Oh yeah, I voted for it." Oh, yeah, I voted against it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. 561-8255. We'll get to your phone calls when we get back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Not the Republican Party versus the Democrat Party. Talking about what matters. It's the Republican Party versus an organized crime syndicate. On Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lamprecht with more news and views. Welcome back in, and uh, as you know, just look out the window. It's uh, raining out, and it will continue to rain uh, for a good part of the night. Uh, chance of rain on Friday is about 80%. Saturday, it drops down to 35%. Sunday and Monday, the sun comes out. Just a slight chance of rain on those two days. And, uh, well, into early next week, it jumps back up to uh, 30% on Tuesday and Wednesday. Be careful out there. The roads are yeah, it's, really it's, bad. There's a lot of waterfront property out there. Some of that waterfront property is actually in the roads. And the thunder is a rolling outside. <laughs> Uh, 77 years ago, do you know who Joe Nexall was? The year would have been 1944. I should have saved this for political trivia. Something to do with... Um, Something to do with baseball. Oh. Hmm. Now, you get baseball, it was in the middle of World War II. Yeah, I thought baseball was on a little break during World well, War II. Well, they were actually... Uh, that was in the days where those players went into the Oh, service. yeah, they were fighter pilots oh, yeah. and things oh, yeah, like that. yeah. yeah. So they did what they could do, and of course that's when you had uh, the Women's League come in, you know, a league of their own. That's what that movie was all about. Um, Joe Nexall was the youngest pitcher in Major League history. In 1944, he made his debut, 15 years, 10 months, and 11 days old, walked five batters in less than an inning. Wow. Didn't have a real good outing, but uh, he is on record as the youngest Major League pitcher in history. Weather and uh, your little taste of trivia there brought to you by ironwood golf and country club voted best golf course in greenville two years in a row ironwood golf and country club boasts an 18 hole lead trevino design course full service dining and outdoor tool <laughs> pool and more tennis and pool comes out as tool they got tennis courts they got pools they got golf courses everything you want uh their newly renovated 15,000 square foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family for a limited time join ironwood pay zero initiation fees Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653, Ironwood Golf and Country Club. And if you want to get into golf, play a little golf, go out and talk to John LaMonica. He can give you lessons. Uh, it is a great little thing to do. Back to baseball before we leave it. Tomorrow, yes. noon, That's Va- right. Vanderbilt, East Carolina, in Nashville for the Super Regional for a chance to go to Omaha. Game one of there three games. I, I have a hunch you'll be glued to the TV. Um, or at least the yeah, iPhone. I will be watching it, yes. Oh, oh, okay, okay. By the way, political trivia comes up in just a little bit. Uh, your category, Martin Van Buren. Okay. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Craig. Hey, Craig. Or is hey, it Craig? Craig? I always get it screwed up. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, hey, thanks for having 
me on the phone, uh, gents. Um, you know, we're talking about the unemployment and why people aren't going back to work. And it, it, it goes back to two words that I heard when I was in grad school from an economics professor. And his, and it was two words that were so powerful, and it, and it honestly impacts everything you do in your life. Incentives matter. Yeah, yeah. Why would you go back to work when you don't have to? And not only on top of the benefits you're getting, you're not paying taxes on them. Yeah, no, you're so, right. It's uh, and in, in this case, it's an incentive not to work. And uh, what we do need is incentives to go back to work. And uh, you know, and, and look, part of it, part of it is just: uh, do, do you want it bad enough? I mean, I remember the old story of Jerry Falwell said some guy gave him a couple of hound dogs, and uh, the guy said, "Now, Jerry, these dogs will only eat meat. You got to go to the butcher shop and buy a meat." And Jerry Falwell went to the uh, Southern State store and bought a big 50-pound bag of dry dog food. And he uh, put the dry dog food out for the hound dogs. And he said, you know, that guy was right. They wouldn't eat that dry dog food. <laughs> he said, but three days later they did. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say that about I used to say that about my cows. They'll, you can make them do anything with a bucket of feed when they're hungry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good point, Craig. Appreciate yeah. it. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Moorhead City. Jay's on the line. Hey Jay. Hey Jay. Well, Jay, that's uh, we lost you there, bud. Give us a call back. Uh, North Carolina Republican Party Majority Legislature uh, passed a proposed ban, uh, um, a proposed ban to ban race and Down syndrome selective abortions. The bill now goes to Cooper, who no doubt will veto it. A federal appeals court recently upheld a similar bill in Ohio. There are other bills across the country that have been blocked by courts. North Carolina already bans doctors from providing abortions if the patient is seeking one because of the fetus's sex. But this bill would expand that to include race and disability and newly require physicians and abortion providers to collect data about the procedure and send it to the state. Now, it's um, it's basically a volunteer type bill mm-hmm. that if the doctor gets the impression from the mother of the child that she's doing this because of either a diagnosis of Down syndrome or the race of the child or some other issue along those lines, man, it's thundering out. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners can hear it in the background, but the, the building is shaking. Um, so anyway, they passed this bill. What, what what really gets me, though, is Democrats on the other side are saying this bill restricts as- access to abortion under the disguise of racial justice. If the legislature were generally concerned about racial justice and healthy outcomes for black and brown people, they would advocate for bills that actually encourage the well-being of historically oppressed people, says Gladys Robinson, a Democrat from Greensboro. No, this bill is not. This bill has nothing to do with racial justice, except for the fact that you might get to that conclusion in a roundabout way if you look at the biggest provider of abortions in America is Planned Parenthood, an organization that was planned, or that was started by Margaret Sanger, Mm -hmm. who wanted to do away with black people. It was all about getting rid of black people and getting rid of people with with any kind of uh, issues. The poor and the destitute and the, and the unwanted. The unperfect. The imperfect, yeah, yeah. And uh, so imperfect. in that sense, okay, 
But um, no, this is about life and death. This is about a human being in the womb being taken because, eh, I don't feel like it. Eh, it's a little imperfect. Nah, eh, I think I'll just do away with it. I thought she was going to bring up Medicaid expansion, the congressman from, uh, <laughs> was it Guilford County? Greens- uh, Greensboro. Greensboro. Yeah, yeah, yeah Guilford yeah, County. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, the, everything leads back to oh, yeah. Medicaid expansion. Yeah. Yep, yep. Anything to do with the governor? It's Medicaid expansion. You pulled the string on his neck. Medicaid expansion. <laughs> Jay is back with us. Hey, Jay. Jay. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I just had a comment about um, the social justice movement and the introduction of critical race theory uh, in our public school system. And I just want to tell you how I, uh, I approach it with my own children when they ask about what's going on in the world today. And I tell them, I say, listen, Guys, you should follow the golden rule. You know, the golden rule says treat other people the way you would want to be treated. And I find it uh, a little bit ironic that our legislators have elected to remove the teaching of Christianity and religion in our public schools, which by and large teach principles that would encourage the uh, appreciation of equality and, and, um, and ensure that we all treat each other with respect in the way we would like to be treated. And yet they supplant that. Uh, that teaching with something that seems to be uh, much less thought through and much less uh, relevant to all of humanity today. Well, I'd so, so I'd like it, to offer it, no, that thought. No, I think, it's, think about it. it's good thought. I, I I will say this: it has been thought through. Yeah, that's what I was going to Th- say. That's the problem. It has been <laughs> thought through. It now it doesn't make any sense, and and and, and that's probably what you're referring to when you say it it, it, it has been thought through. But, I mean, well, this, is, I, this is a deliberate uh, push to vilify a certain race as the oppressors, which gives carte blanche to allow those people that they say have been oppressed to now be the oppressors. And, and, and bigotry now amongst white people, especially white males, has got the green light. Go ahead and do it. No, I'm with you. And by thought through, I just meant that one of those documents withstood 2,000 years of scrutiny, by and large. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping the other might be a flash in the pan. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is I remember a segment you guys talked about last week about the, you know, the, the, our nation's colors being flown over embassies and consulates throughout the world. I actually used to work for an organization that, uh, that did just that. And I couldn't help but agree more. You know, the American flag is what represents uh, this country, and and it's a symbol that is recognized to everyone across the planet. Yes. And the reason I point that out is that um, when we look at our school system, I can't help but wonder where the focus is on teaching our young people mathematics, science, STEM programs, um, you know, literature, things that are going to help them to be successful in life, and leave the morality uh, to the parents and the religious forms that young people have available to them, you know, civic organizations, et cetera. Um, once our school systems in North Carolina can boast that they're in the top uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 in the nation when it comes to our students' performance in the academic area, then I might be willing, more willing, I should say, to entertain the thought of having our educators take on the uh, monumentous task of teaching children morality as well. 
That's well, all I have to say, guys. No, uh, great, 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 great points. points. Yeah, and, and frankly, I don't think the whole issue of morality, other than treating your fellow students with respect, I mean, the basic golden rule is a good piece of morality to to have in there, as as Jay just mentioned at the early part of his conversation. But uh, look, we're, we're we're not doing well collectively with the basic three R's. So could we get back and just focus on that? And I understand that's what yeah, Jay's saying. If we get if we get that right, and then we can worry about the other. But I, I don't know that we have to worry about the other, uh, other than the golden rule. And uh, you know, and, and it, it's it's maybe sounds like I'm I'm uh, just being an old uh, going back to the 1960s, and a lot of people just think, ah, oh, that's too trivial. I, I do think, you know, when we took the Lord's Prayer out of the public school system, and, and I realized that, okay, we've, we've got more than just Christians and people that follow Jesus in our public school system. And I'm not saying that we have to have the Lord's Prayer in the public school system. And, and frankly, right now we're in a position that I don't know that I want some administrator dictating to our kids which prayer to pray. All I'm saying, that was a that was a crossroads moment where when we decided that we were going to take that piece of morality away, I do think things began to crumble. If I could wait one last comment to reinforce what you just said, you know, let's look at the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it came under a large scrutiny because of the under God component, the you know, defended atheist. But let's look at the last line of that with liberty and justice for all. So it's funny, like I said, that we're removing, you know, teaching that helps our kids understand to treat other people, no matter what they look like or where they're from, the way they want to be treated. And a, a oath that has been part of our country's history since its founding that says that we should provide for the liberty and justice for right. all. We want to remove those components from our schools and introduce introduce critical race theory to help ensure that everyone's treated fairly seems a little bit ironic well keep it yeah you bet jay and and again as uh uh, jay goes off uh, keep in mind that you know the the people that are pushing critical race theory and social justice they aren't looking to improve the united states of america they're looking to disband the united states of america and replace it with marxism Mm -hmm. it's just that simple hey let's take a time out and let's come back and play political trivia shall we got a good prize package a good uh, category martin van buren is uh, your category 561-8255 give us a call got a good prize package good question we'll play political trivia when we get back Time for a little political trivia. Five six one eight two five five. Got a couple of lines open. Your category: Martin Van Buren. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including free training sessions with a fitness coach. A twenty dollars gift card to the Pirate Cove Car Wash. A gift card to a free round of golf at Ironwood, and a twenty dollars gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious, made from scratch goodies. 
Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, that's 60 days past before you play again. First up from Greenville, it's Al. Hey, Al. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How are you? How are you? I'm the victim, so go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> well, and call back. Listen, um, then this might be a good omen. I, I just tested the question on Benny, and he got it right off the bat. So uh, don't, okay. don't, don't underestimate yourself. Here's your question. Martin, okay, Van, okay. Martin Van Buren served as the eighth president of the United States from 1837 to 1841. Van Buren was the first president to hire and add these to his staff. What? What do you think? Um, oh, golly. Um, 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 White House staff are... are uh, uh, I don't know, man. Chuck. White House staff is not it. Good guess. Not it. Five six one eight two five five. Thanks, Al. Give us a call back. Uh, Betty from Greenville's on the line. Hey, Betty. Hey, Betty. Hey, Tom. Did you hear Betty? the question? Uh, uh, repeat it again, please. Martin Van Buren served as the eighth president of the United States from 1837 to 1841. Van Buren was the first president to hire and add these to his staff. What? His children. No, that's not it. Ah. Good guess. That's that was, not that it. was a really good one, actually. Yeah. Five six one eight two five five. Of course, uh, can you can you hire your kids to work on your staff? Well, Trump did. I right? think Trump did, yeah. or maybe the campaign. I don't no, know. he had them in the White House, didn't he? Yeah, but did yeah. the campaign pay yeah. for or RNC? Uh, Paula, or? is it? Yes. Hey, Paula, how are you? Hey, Paula. I'm good. Good. What do you think, Martin Van Security. Buren? Say again. Security. Security, like the. Uh, Secret Service. Yeah, that's not it, though. I think Secret Service started, started after with Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. yeah, after mm-hmm. Lincoln was assassinated. Yeah, yeah. So that is not it, but that's a great guess, Paula. 561-8255. Give us a call back. Uh, 561-8255. Is it time for a hint yet? I don't think yet, really. Um, let's go to Newburn. We have Jim on the line. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. What do you think? Van Buren was the first president to hire and add these to his staff. What? Press secretary. Oh man, you are really, really warm. warm. Yeah, that's not it, but you're in the right zip code. Good guess. Thanks, Jim. Five six one eight two five five. That opens up a line. Let's go to Don. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Don, you oh, with God. us? Hey. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What do you think? What was Van Buren the first president to hire and add to his staff? What were they? Cabinet members. That is not it either. That is not it. Good guess. Five six one eight two five. Maybe it is time for a uh, a hint. Okay. I'll be thinking on that. All right. Martin Van Buren served as the eighth president of the United States from eighteen thirty seven to eighteen forty one. First president to hire and add these to his staff. What? Who you got there, Clark? Let's go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good, hey, Mike. All right. I'm going to give you a hint, Mike. Overall, hey. here's your hint. Your first hand, first one of four. Overall, it is questionable that this addition was a positive move for the cause of liberty. Overall, it's questionable that this addition was a positive move for the cause of liberty. What did he add to his staff? See, before you said that, I was thinking Secretary of Navy and Army, but... Nah, not it. Not it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Five, six, one, eight, two, five. Let's go to uh, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. 
Hey, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope you are. What do you think? Yeah. What did he, What did Van Buren add to his staff? He's the first one to do this. I would say a pastor. A pastor. That's another. That's good another one. good guess. That is not it, and that would have been a positive move for the cause of liberty. I would think so. Uh, good, good guess, uh, Lisa. Let's go to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. You ready for another hint? Hey. I got one. Uh, I got a hint. Yeah, give me one. Okay. Well, your first hint. Well, and again, what did Van Buren, first president, to hire and add these to his staff? First hint. Overall, it's questionable that this edition was a positive move for the cause of liberty. Hint number two, the fact that Van Buren was from New York might have had something to do with this hire. Might have. What do you think? Secretary, Secretary of Indian Affairs, maybe? Ah, that is not it. That is not it. That's actually a good one. That too. is a good guess, too. Yeah, yeah. Especially during the time period we're talking All about. All right, now get your hint ready, Benny. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got now? Oh, Paula is back, trying for round number two, Paula. All right, what do you think? Are you ready for Benny's hint? Yes, I am ready for Benny's hint. All right, go I, ahead, Benny. I, I hope this is a good hint. <clears throat> Tony Snow. <laughs> okay, there you go. Is that a good hint, Tom? That is a blunt hint. That is a very blunt hint. Uh, that is a uh, out-of-the-park, why don't you tell her what the answer is? <laughs> What, what do you think? Now, she might not know who Tony Snow is. I don't That's know. That's right. Well, what, what, wait a minute. He was the guy that did, like, the, the espionage thing. Right? Uh, I'm not going to take it any no. further than that. <laughs> but oh, well, I mean, somebody, he, somebody. He, well, anyway, what's your, what do you think your answer allegedly, is? Allegedly. Say again? Allegedly, he did that. Okay. Um, um, I would say um, journalist. He hired a journalist, a press secretary. No, we've, ah! we've already had we've already had press secretary. Somebody said yeah, press secretary. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that's, is real hot and real close, but that's not it. That is not it. I need something a little bit more specific. That is not it. Five six. Let's go to Tommy. Hey Tommy. Hey Tommy. Yes. What do you I'm think? Arnold. Say again. I'm from Arnold. Okay, he's from Arnold. Oh, okay, good. Uh, a news reporter. A little bit more exact than that. That's more along the lines of press secretary. That's yeah, not. That's yeah, really not yeah, it. Not specific not it. enough. Yeah, that's, close. Yeah, that's not Getting it. Getting close. That's not it. That's not it, Tommy. Five six one eight two five five. I told you my hint wasn't that easy. Uh, um, Henry, I got to give you another hint because we're running out of time. Um, Henry, every other president, pretty much since then, has had them, and today's presidents depend strongly upon them. What do you think? Henry, you with us? I don't I don't know what you would call it, but somebody that goes up and talks for you that really ain't telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good description of who these people are. Good liar. <laughs> they got a staff of them now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good description, Henry. But that's good not liar. A, that's not the answer, Henry. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Angie. Hey Angie. Hey Angie. Hey, how are y'all doing? Good. Good. I, I'm really surprised Good. nobody's gotten this yet. I'm going to guess speech writer. That's there it! There you go. Congratulations. Martin Van Buren was the first person, the first president to hire a speech writer. Where are you calling from, Angie? Calling from Greenville. All right. Hang on there, Angie. We're going to get your information and get you those prizes out. we got to take a break. We'll be right back.
This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Angie Reid of Greenville. She finally got it. Martin Van Buren was the first president to hire speechwriters. And uh, they wrote his speeches. They also, a little clever thing here that uh, probably many of these speechwriters today also do, they also wrote positive articles about Van Buren and had them planted in newspapers. Spin doctors. Yeah, spin doctors. Yeah, so. we talked about it to break that uh, that presidents used to write their own State of the Union and have someone else deliver it. So now we have you know, people that actually have the thoughts and the presidents to talk ahead. <laughs> So wh- where would you put Joe Biden in all that? Has he got a talking head, or is he mm. the talking head, or is Jill the talking head, or, is, you know, what's... Uh, by the way... Pay attention, Joe. Yeah. Remember that yesterday? <laughs> so last week, Joe Biden said the greatest threat to America is white supremacy. Mm. Yesterday, he's over in England, and he's telling the military that the greatest threat to our uh, freedom and safety is a global warming. Yeah, and he, he went a step further. He said the chiefs of staff, the joint chiefs, will tell you that the greatest threat to America is climate change. I'm going I'm to be as, try to be as respectful as possible to the office of the presidency, but, but he's, full he's of- a liar. <laughs> there is absolutely no way the joint chiefs of staff said that. Well, he said that when he was over at the Pentagon when I was first elected as the vice president, with President Obama, the military set us down and told us that. <laughs> so he, he's going back uh, how many years? Uh, that would have been uh, 16 years ago. Yeah, that's, but but that, yeah, that's, even, that's even less plausible 16 years ago. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 16 years ago, we were fighting a war uh, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Afghanistan, yeah. Iraq, and gosh. Cousin Eddie, Joe, 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 Joe. Uh, Joe actually did something good. He probably didn't realize it, and he'll probably change this. But uh, the Biden administration has decided to steer clear of the controversy over vaccinations being required to work in some plants and offices. The Safer Federal Workforce Task Force is recommending that everyone gets vaccinated but will not compel individuals to get jabbed as a condition of working in a federal building. Uh, so they actually got that one right. We'll, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to note, though, that um, you're, you're hearing a lot of businesses now that um, are saying, OK, if you can come back, you got to get vaccinated. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of controversy as to uh, whether that's a good idea or not. Yeah. You talking about legal liability. I think eventually that's that could come back to haunt. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Hey, congratulations again to Angie Reid, our political trivia winner. Stay dry. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.